Hello and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and today I'm joined with the magnificent Maker Mackie. Howdy ho! And the also magnificent, because I can't think of another M word, Morley Kurt. Yo! <laughs> Hey guys, so uh, we're going to start with myself this week because that's the order I decided before the show started, and uh, I've got 99 problems, and a battery slowly draining itself for no apparent reason is one. Um, So I just, my battery keeps dying on my car and it's really annoying, and I can't figure out why, if it's a bad battery or I check the alternator, alternator's good, um, and it doesn't, like... It just seems really random, which is really frustrating. Uh, so, been dealing with that. But I've ordered a new battery, and that's going to go in. And if it's not the battery, then the old battery will just go in the camper, uh, and it'll be fine. Uh, I also made and then remade a giant poster frame because I made it one inch too short because I forgot to get confirmation of the exact dimensions. Uh I, the guy, we had a conversation with the guy and he said it could be up to 64 inches. And then I remember him saying 60 inches and I did a quote up on 60. So between 60 and 64 inches, the amount of wood difference wouldn't change how much I would charge them. I just charge them the same. I didn't care. So I did my quote up based on 60 inches. Cause I already had a, all the math done from a previous one and just had to input the different wood species. Cause it costs a little more money. Uh, and I sent him that number, and so then I went home, and and he was like, "Great, that number's acceptable to me." So I went out to the store, and they happen to have normally they only sell eight foot long boards, but apparently they had made some uh, they make some shorts that they sell, and they had recently made these shorts, and there was a bunch of five foot long boards, so they're sixty one inches, and I was like, "Sweet, I don't have to waste this extra, you know." couple of feet at the end that I'm always going to hold on to for six years and then never use. (laughs) And I was like, sweet. It's like a win-win, right? 61 inches. Perfect. That's enough. Like you take a half inch off each side, you can cut everything square. Everyone's golden. I'm going to be so happy. Let's rip them down. Got them, got in the car, made it all up. And, uh, and then asked the guy, uh, for the exact dimensions. Cause I went back through my emails and couldn't find us confirming that. What a saga. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a $70 worth of wood saga. So is it, was it walnut? Oh, damn. Uh, no, it is plantation teak. Hmm. So luckily it wasn't. So you pretty much just eliminated your commission then. Well, I still have the other one I can sell later. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's sure. 60 inches is a common size for posters. I'll start calling around and see if anyone needs a 60-inch poster hanger. Yeah. Well, I already the guy that I normally make them for, I'll just sell it to him. I'm sorry. He's already seen the wood and thought it was beautiful. So, great. It's go. all going to work out. Nice. I just – it's the extra work that I didn't want to do right now. So, uh, so you're going to charge him a rush fee. Ha. Well, no. So, now I was rushing and then he emailed me today and said that uh, his wife got exposed to COVID – and so is now self-isolating. Like, they don't know. Like, they just got an exposure. So he's basically like, for the next two weeks, I won't be able to pick it up. And I went, okay. <laughs> it's a good thing I rushed. <laughs> Anyways. I, I, met, I met the other guy. But 
Oh yeah, because you because you've already got it ready. You'd be like, hey, it's this much, or I'll have it ready in like ten minutes if you pay this much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah unfortunately, he's already seen it. He literally saw me. Uh, he came and dropped something off. Uh, so, unfortunately, like I only have. I really would like to stick down to having zero com- customers, but having one is okay. Uh, having two <laughs> was too many to juggle for me. Uh, and that's like, I don't know if anyone listened to my, uh, bot, like my, uh, garage Avenger podcast when I was on his, uh, make ideas reality, the, uh, saying no, I'm really bad at it. So me too. Anyways, Morley, what have you been up to this week? So I am knee deep in my project for the, because we makes podcast, uh, their holiday challenge, which is the unwrap a project challenge. Um, so I would say I am now in the detailed engineering phase. Um, so I'm, uh, do I'm in fusion 360 now, um, making sure all the moving parts work together and adding little embellishments and stuff while trying not to lose sight of, uh, the piece as a whole, uh, because with something like this, that has a lot of little details, but is in itself not very big. It's surprisingly easy to lose sight of the the entire piece. So taking some breaks between it and coming back to it each day and not, not being afraid to um, do some iterations. And if I don't like something just to go back again, great. Like I've mentioned before, great uh, advantage to the timeline feature in fusion 360 is that you can go back and change things and kind of infinitely. One, one day, one day I will try fusion 360 and I will, that feature alone will make me want to keep it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's should work. I'm, um, I'm optimistic. It's, it's feeling, you know, the project that, that there's that point where like a project is very conceptual and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then things start coming together and you're like, okay, okay. I see. I see. And we're kind of, we're kind of there. So most things most, are looking good. Most of my projects stay in the conceptual phase and never get to that, that phase <laughs> where it looks like it might actually work. So, <laughs> and then the final project is just a concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could make YouTube videos about the concepts that are inside my brain because those would be amazing projects. <laughs> just learn some animation. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I've also just been doing a bunch of um, commissions for the holidays. Did a couple uh, carved and painted dog patches that I got sent out last week. Um, I just finished up a cool minimalist card wallet. And I started editing the video on that today. It is a new style for me. So um, it's kind of good that I'm not really going to be able to post the video uh, till at least December 10th because that is the first night of Hanukkah. And this is a Hanukkah gift for someone. So depending on when the giver gives it to the receiver. But it's good because I I was editing it today and I can tell I'm going to need to take a little time and watch it through a few times to make sure everything flows nicely. Um, yeah, and I'm also do, working on a a little like leather coin purse, which is a, another new design for me. Hmm. So it's good. Got a bunch of like new stuff in the mix. Um, yeah, that's me this week. Wow. Sounds like you're keeping yourself nice. busy. Adam, yeah. you sound like you're the busiest of us all. Right. So why don't you tell us what you're working on this week? I've been so busy this week. So I've been editing and making, um, I made a one-hour build, which was a kid's 
like a toddler bench seat, which was for our, um, we have a photographer that we like always get our photos and stuff through and she wanted it done. So that was a nice little commission. Are you going to be entering that into the uh, Carl Pope build a chair thing? I am now. I know about yeah, it. Yeah, it's on uh, December 5th or 6th. You have to have the video out on those two days. There's no prize, but it's Ooh. like part of a, he's trying to build a little community there. Yeah, probably not then because I'm not going to have it done in a couple oh. of days. I thought it's a one hour build. <laughs> I, it, I've seen it. It's physically finished. <laughs> it's physically finished, but the video hasn't even been um, like rendered. Uh, not even rendered. It hasn't even been started yet. Oh. Haven't even optimized the media. Um, no, so that's probably not okay. going to be out inside. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Um, I've been editing, and I've been making these drawers for the back of a Land Cruiser, which um, has been a nice little challenge. It's like a bit of. Uh, some new stuff for me, but these draw slides that we've been using have this like locking mechanism where you have to push down on the front of the draw slides to actually pull nice. it out. Hmm. And it's, um, yeah, it's really weird. And then we have a draw that a fridge goes on top of, but then there's a draw inside that draw. So it's like, a, yeah, it's like a telescoping draw, yeah. cool. which is, uh, pretty cool. That was, uh, that was interesting to try and work out. That was- so wait, so the, um, the drawer mechanism, you have to pull the whole drawer down and then that unlocks. No, no. It. So on the front, there's two little like buttons that like slide down. So you push those down, and then the drawer will actually pull out. Okay. And then when you push the drawer back in, they automatically lock back up. Are you going to be making any like? I'm not sure what's going on the face of the drawer. Are you going to be making any like switch extenders out of like wood or anything, or is that just going to be directly so, accessible? No, no. So, so there's a front. So there's a front panel on the front of every drawer, and then there's a slot cut where those little tabs are so that you can put your finger in and push them down. And then there's a handle on the front of the drawer as well. But the only issue that I have, the drawer slides that the guy bought that, it, that the drawers are for, is there's one on both drawer slides. There should be one on just one drawer slide. So you can mm-hmm. use one hand to push down and the other hand to pull the handle. So I think what Morley's trying to get at is how my uh, my like toolbox has those locking things. And it's great. I love it because you like you don't end up with all your drawers opening by accident. Uh, but you, you if you yep. just attached a piece of wood across the front of the, that attached to both sides that you could then push down. Right. Yeah. I did. I did consider that, but it would really take away from the yeah. look hmm. and um, yeah. And the customer doesn't want that. So yeah. it is what it is. You could just tape, tape, yeah, one, tape kind, one kind down. Sucks, but it just, well, I thought of that too. I thought of, yeah, I could like make that mechanism just be permanent and then cut off that little mm-hmm. tab. But that's what he asked for. So that's what he's getting. The only thing was that because of that, it has to be so perfect right. that you can push down and pull out just the little bit to get past the locking mechanism. Whereas before, if the drawer was a little bit stiff, if it only had one, you could pull on the handle to actually open the mm-hmm. drawer. So that, yeah, so the slides have to be that smooth that. It'll actually open without that. And need. then he's going to go overlanding with it, and the slides are going to get all effed up. And uh, that's not my yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I saw. As long as it works when he gets yeah, it, too bad. I saw that on Instagram, and uh, that's a full double extension drawer. That's insane. Yep. Yeah. So that, um, I think I'm going to try and once I actually install it in the back of his car, because it has to be bolted down, I think I'm going to actually pull out that drawer and then stand in it. 
or stand on the fridge one at least. So the fridge one holds like 230 kilograms and then the all the other drawers hold, I think, 150 or something right. like that. So, yeah, a lot of weight. Um, but interesting thing that happened while doing that, it was really uh, windy and crappy weather here. And my camera, I didn't notice, got blown over. And I uh, picked it up and there was glass everywhere. So that was fun. Luckily, it was not my lens, but it was the lens protector that was on the camera. So luckily, um, I don't remember where I saw it, but I think it might have been um, Zach from ZH Fabrications might have said it, where he puts UV filters on all of his um, lenses so that sparks and stuff don't get in on the actual lens. You can just replace the UV filter. So I've done that as soon as I bought them just to stop the sawdust getting in. Yeah. And luckily it saved my lens because my lens is $800 and the lens protector was 30. That's awesome. So yeah, so very happy about that. Um it did bend a little bit like I haven't been able to get the outside of the lens protector off yet, but you'll, you'll figure yeah. it out. As long as you can still use yeah. the lens like even if it yeah, yeah, you I cut my finger trying to pull all the glass out. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was fun. Well, that's weather for you. Uh, and that brings us <laughs> to our topic of the day, weather. Wow. Uh-huh. Did we decide whether or not we want to do weather? Yeah, we're, we're doing weather. That was a bad dad joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so anyways, the uh, why I wanted to talk about weather is because I've been converting my shop uh, from my summer setup to my winter setup. Which uh, I know Adam here is like, ha, 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 you know, winter. Winter for me is like 20 degrees Celsius. And then I go, it's so cold. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, I find it so funny when you guys are like, oh, you've got to change my shop from winter to summer. I'm like, yeah, what? most people don't change their shop. But my in the winter, I like to let my wife park inside so that she doesn't have to like brush off her car with all the snow. Um, oh, aren't you a lovely husband? Sometimes. In reality, it's because I absolutely hate uh doing the and she'll laugh at this later i'm sure i hate doing uh snow blowing around a car so when i snow blow my driveway i want no cars there because it's just so much easier it's faster i don't have to worry about scratching my car so i really make the room in my uh garage so that i don't have to snow blow around your car but you know why don't you just not slow blow because how what would i do then move to australia <laughs> uber so just just Uber everywhere, then you don't have to clean yeah, up. Yeah, you still do because you have to <laughs> clear your like. If I don't clear my driveway, you couldn't walk out of the house. Yeah, yeah right. Like so, we went to when fun. we first moved here uh, in six, seven, eight years ago. Now we uh, we went to Hawaii within the first week of moving. So we moved in, and then the next day went okay. to to Hawaii for two weeks, and it was in February. And we came back and obviously no one, we didn't know any neighbors. So we didn't, couldn't say, Hey, can you like, you know, clear off my driveway or anything like that? So we got back and the, like the snow was above my, like it was up to my like shoulders at the end from the snow plow. We couldn't get the car out for like two days. Uh, It was insane. Uh, It just happened to be like the, like really bad weather in Ottawa during the time. But, uh, that being said, weather affects how I make. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because I'm sure that out there, there are people who deal with weather, whether it be the extreme heat 
that Maker Mackey's currently dealing with, or the extreme colds that Morley and I are dealing with. And uh, it's currently yeah, raining. Well, that's good. Because you guys, you guys, <laughs> no, it's not because I was supposed to pay hey guys. Topic. Last at the start of 2020, what was the biggest news item around the world? Australia was burning fire, right? And now it's raining. That's good news. I thought that was a yeah, quiz we for a second. From, I was like, we I can't remember drought. any news before COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we went from like two years of drought to really bad fires, and now it's raining. Yeah. Anyways, so. I wanted. Uh, I'm going to ask everyone what what do you do to change in the winter slash summer months, um, and I'm going to start it off with Adam. <laughs> uh, well, I think the only thing it really affects me is like the heat and stuff makes me build less, right? Because it's so damn hot to be out there. I don't have an air conditioned shop. Hopefully, one day I will. But uh, even but then again, the other day we had it was. 41 degrees outside Celsius. Yeah. So I just had to be outside making these drawers and it was so damn hot. Luckily the humidity wasn't too high, but it was, it was just hot. So it was nice every time I came in for a break cause the aircon was on inside. Yeah. Um, winter though, I, I've never, never had winter affect me other than like raining and I can't do big stuff. But I'm sure there are people in Australia that probably do stuff to prevent stuff during. But it doesn't have stuff, to be. I've just never well, had. Well, even um, like what you do is you change how you work because of the rain, right? So you go, you know, yeah, sure. there's going to be days that you, or even weeks, where you can't do anything outside, especially with MDF because it disintegrates. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Right. Like. What's the problem with these drawers that I'm doing at the moment is that they're so big that I just it's so much easier for me to do them outside. Um, so I've been doing them outside. Like I could have carpeted them in the shop today, but it'd just be such a pain in the butt that I'd rather just wait a few days till yeah. it's not raining and do it outside. And I finally worked out how to change. Like I finally worked out that um, the iOS or whatever it is setting on the on the camera changes how much bright the lenses and stuff as well so that was nice because every time I record outside it's like really like bright on pine and I was like how the hell do I fix this I've seen people record outside before and they don't have this issue (laughs) well that's an interesting that isn't a weather thing though that's so that's like a totally interesting aspect of it is recording inside versus outside because I know all of us have done outside recording uh, and inside recording and then trying to match up that like those colors, what I do is I put it in my computer and then whatever it spits out is what I do. Uh, I know that there's people in this, yeah. in this chat that do something called color grading. I still haven't figured out what that is. Uh, maybe one day. <laughs> I did color grading for my last video. That was uh, every single little clip. Once it was cut up, I did color grading. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think now that I've worked out my camera outside, I think I'm going to use it. I'm going to record outside a lot more because that was nice. Like not being in a cramped little shop. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot more freedom. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, I mean the weather in, in my life, I feel like is not, it affects me. I think very different than, than you guys. Cause in my, in my current making situation, it's not going to change how I make very much. I feel like the weather and the changing seasons mostly, mostly has an effect on kind of like how I feel. 
Ooh. And it's weird. Um, I was kind of worried for winter to come. And like with COVID and like not being able to spend as much time outside, yeah. feel like really cooped up. But it's been feeling wintry the last like week, two weeks here. And it's actually like been really, really nice. It's very strange. I've actually like, it's actually made me like kind of excited in a weird way. I think my, part of it might be like the holiday season, um, which is kind of a nice thing to be happening during a global pandemic because it feels like this excuse to be happy and have this sort of like empathic experience with everyone in the world. But I, I will say it has been feeling a little wintry. It hasn't been feeling minus 30 wintry yet. Yeah. Right. But that's also one of the things I'm, I'm happy to be in Toronto and not Montreal right now because uh, like I'm, I realized like my first winter here was last year and um, with the lake and I, I mean, I'm sure in Ottawa, you get colder winters there than we do yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. I totally forgot about it's that. It's really great here. Like, you can bike all year round in Toronto, even though it snows and it just melts relatively fast and it's it's a lot more mild than Montreal. You, However, that didn't stop me from biking year round in Montreal. Did you, in Montreal or in Toronto, do you change your bike up at all to bike? No. No. Because, like, I know, like, I, I people I used to work with biked throughout the winter. One, they had a whole separate bicycle just for the winter so that it got rusty and they didn't care. Uh, but you probably just have mm-hmm. a, I got a bike and it's already rusty, so I don't care. But, uh, you know, yeah. once you have, like, one of those, like, $1,000 <laughs> plus well, bicycles, you're like, I, I think I could afford a second one, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is my bike is, like, a hybrid bike. So it has, like that in between road tires and uh uh off road tires yep. but if i had a road bike i would need to change the tires because like you a tiny amount of snow or ice you just immediately slide yeah. if you hit the brakes well okay so i i have a mountain bike and a road and a hybrid bike and uh yeah. as soon as the i see snow i just put them both away uh <laughs> I, I just not work like i just don't <laughs> like i'm a fair weather bicyclist uh, so it's interesting though. Like, I mean, the weather definitely does affect my making because like this summer I did some projects where I was cutting wood outside and it just won't be as easy to do it in the winter. Like it will, it will definitely affect the projects that I will be doing. Um, so I've thought about before, like, I- I'm really curious about living in a warm climate at some point in my life. I've, my entire life I've lived in temperate climates with hot summers and cold winters. Um, and I see like the guys in Joshua Tree, like Ben Ueda, Mike Montgomery, Brett McAfee, and being like, oh, being in the desert, dry all the time, always can work outside. Like that would be, that'd be pretty nice. But there is something about the changing seasons that I really love. And it feels like it's very difficult to put into words. Maybe Grant, you can a little better than I do because you've also lived in temperate climates. It's the only place I've I lived in. I grew up in Kingston, so it's more like Toronto weather because uh, it's also on Lake Ontario. But what I feel now is that I look forward to those slightly nicer days so much more than I used to. When it's going to be a minus five day, I realize that's a day I can get out in the shop, right? And the other days I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't do like I can't do any woodworking at all. When it's minus 30, I've tried it. It's got to be a like a five minute project. Like I need to go make a couple cuts done back in because your hands just get so cold so fast and you know, you don't want to be spinning tools and gloves. Yeah. Right. I've, I, I use gloves sometimes on the, in some of my videos and people have made comments, but 
you know, whatever. Uh, it's, it's my hands that I'm risking, and I'd rather them to be warm and potentially, and I'll keep them far away from the spinny tool than uh, cold, and I get them, and then I have other problems because of that. Hate, hate is going to hate. It was my brother who made the comments. So, um, so. Of course. I uh, I want to see videos of Morley drifting on a bicycle in his next video. <laughs> I, I'm actually. Su- right, I'll get one. I'll get one this winter. I'm surprised you don't have more action <laughs> shots around Toronto in your videos. You've done a couple. Um, in your videos, I remember one like there, there was like a guy playing. I don't know, just like oh, just, just yeah, just pre pandemic. But uh, you know, like you have some like cool ways you could you know film you biking around. Uh, but yeah, I guess because you don't have a GoPro, I always think yeah. about like I have a GoPro, so you can attach it to anything and then make a cool video out of it, right? Yeah, no, that's true. I, it would be fun to do that a little more. I could do it with my phone. I actually thought about that uh, when I was getting back into the bike courier work um, about doing like um, just starting a separate Instagram for like interesting pictures um, I saw when I was out and about, and then I realized like stories are kind of good for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be yeah. a, your stories would make great. That's B-roll. exactly what I, why I was thinking it is that you get all these interesting yeah. like stories and videos, and then they don't make it into yeah. your you know interesting like YouTube videos. Yeah, the, then the next couple will have more sort of like B roll that things. It's funny, like you don't really know. It takes a long time, I think, to figure out what sort of B-roll and non-making stuff you want to integrate into your videos. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like with finding your style. And I'll just say that like in my next couple of videos, like I wouldn't have known to use this stuff in the videos like nine months ago. Um, and I've, I've been living and making and improving yeah. and iterating in a way that like now I know how I'm able to do that. Yeah. It's, it's great because then you start to see things and you'll take – video out of yeah, where, be more where, opportunistic right and you'll just be like i i can use this 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 will make mm-hmm. you know this snow falling uh i was actually watching like a uh, doug linker is really good at integrating nature scenes into his things and uh one of his latest like carving videos was uh like it starts off with just a bunch of uh snow falling around his property um and just like beautiful scenery of like the snow hanging on the tree branches and stuff like that. And then he carves uh Santa or something. I can't remember so, exactly what he carved, but whatever it was. I mean, that's a good segue because one thing I was going to say as well is that the changing weather is a source of inspiration for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Like I, I love Bill Burr, the comedian grant. We've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of his bits I love is how like, cause he's from the East coast of the U S and then he now lives in Los Angeles and he talks about how like the always nice weather in Los Angeles just like beats you down. Like it's always <laughs> 75 degrees and sunny and everyone's always looking beautiful and happy. And it's just like, he's, it's like sometimes it's like living in Groundhog Day and having that seasonal variation where things change it up. It like, I think I more, ins- I would be more inspired in this climate than I would be living in like Florida, let's say where it's a little more consistent weather. Yeah. Because I mean, I've, I've thought about that recently. It's like I was going for a walk and a specific weather event um, inspired me for a project that I'm definitely going to do next year now and I'm really excited for. Mm. And I don't know. I, I think it's a bit of like ADD, uh, weather ADD, but it definitely helps a little well, bit. I think I think what it is is that you don't – if you don't have highs and lows, 
then you don't know how to regulate. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, like you're saying, like, that's the, the, the nice weather in LA beats you down because you're, you're not, you're like, that's my low. Now my low is way too high. I don't have any low days. I only have mediocre, like the mediocre day is the rainy day, but it's still 80 degrees. Right. Like, uh, so yeah, exactly. That's where I feel it really motivate. It helps me keep, uh, like it helps like regulate my emotions to a point where you, you realize how good it is in the summer and you want to maximize the time you spend or the time you can spend easily doing stuff. Um, and it also, and I've got another point on the, that I want to segue into, but if other people have more on the emotional part, I think it also make, can make you more resourceful having to deal with bad weather um, in the same way that working out of a small space uh, makes you more resourceful. It's so almost exactly what I was going to go for, but uh, shared so, brain. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say like one hundred percent on that too. Like even take away the different um, what are, what's the four seasons? Thing you, <laughs> you know, summer. And, yeah, seasons. Take away the different seasons. Even just you know, middle of winter, like it's raining every day, and you have one day where it's nice and sunny, and you try and get as much done as you can on that one day because you don't know how long it's going to last. Even take yesterday, I knew it was going to rain at some point, so I got outside and did as much as I could before yeah, it rained. It is motivating, especially like I'm I'm on For a sure. kick of taking outdoor beauty shots of stuff. So it's like I will be looking at the forecast and literally making my workflow around that. So, and I think it's interesting because yeah. you can make beauty shots in winter. One of my very favorite yeah. thumbnails is, uh, the, uh, beer caddy that I made with, uh, Pat lap. Well, I didn't make it with Pat lap, but the piece in the video. Um, but I shot it in like the beauty shot is in my backyard in the snow. And I just love the, the white of the snow, Combined with the green of my hedges and then with the, the beer, the like yellow of the beer, is it was land shark, so it's yellow. <laughs> uh, anyways, like all those colors combined, like it just really makes those colors pop. And like it's just kind of a, another example of like how disruptions fuel creativity. Like I it, it took the weather turning to mostly overcast this fall to like lots of sunny, beautiful days this summer for me to realize something that, which I already should have known because everyone says it, but that you can take better pictures on a cloudy day than you can on a sunny day. But like those external changes like forced me to viscerally have that realization. Yeah. I think if you know what you're doing, a sunny day is always better. But I think that amateur photographer, it takes better pictures on a, but we'll have to get like Dave Swiduck yeah. on. It's, it's tough if your stuff is shiny. That's the really hard part. Yeah. But like, cause I, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, sorry, I, I recorded a few days ago, like some green screen work for my latest video that I'm currently editing and the back, like the background and everything is just so bright that I can't get it out. I can't cut it out as much as it should because it's like reflecting on the back of the green screen. It like shirt sure went through a little bit. Um, so like I'm thinking today, which is overcast, might be mm-hmm. perfect to re-record it. Yeah. So so that's the yeah. like the lighting. Te- like I completely get that because especially in my early videos, I used to do a 
Uh, and my end scene used to be in my little solarium, uh, but it's like a little so fancy. I know, so fancy. Uh, it's just like two chairs in a little like it's a all window room, and it's uh, in the summer uh, about seven hundred degrees because it's a greenhouse basically. Um, but anyways, <laughs> the uh, in the winter it's really cold because they didn't do a full basement. Uh, it's the worst part of my whole house, but also one of the most beautiful. So that's where I would film that. But uh, mm. what would really suck is that I couldn't do it at midday because it was like you'd walk over there and just start sweating. And I couldn't do it at night because all the lights would reflect off all the windows and look like crap. Uh, so it was really hard to – like if it was an overcast day, it was the only day I could do it. Uh, and not look ridiculous. So that's why I started recording my uh, end screens in my garage where I control yeah. the lighting. That's, that's a um, another good point you brought up then as well is when it's really hot is you sweat yeah. a lot. <laughs> and that's not appealing on camera. <laughs> you know, like... I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's it's funny and like it's it's stupid, yeah. but it's true. Like if you if you watch a video and someone's just drenched in sweat, like right. that's just going to gross you out. That's, like no one like wants Michael to Jordan. see that. Right. Like when they're playing sports, sure, <laughs> but when they have my physique, no one yeah. wants to see it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start doing um, summer woodworking videos in like a like mesh top oh, and like short shorts <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know to say um but you know like you say you say like grant i think it was last week you said what you get white um yeah shirts from That's exactly your beer yeah and you always give them away you, you yeah. if i don't know if anyone's ever noticed but i very rarely tr- and i always try not to wear white shirts in my videos because it shows us that's why so i don't wear more. them it's <laughs> exactly why i yeah. don't wear them i hated that growing up because uh, i worked yeah. i went to a yeah, school exactly. with a uniform so you had to wear a white shirt um yeah so Same. uh <laughs> yeah it was really annoying yeah. uh you know, anyways, let's not go down a hole. Let's not open that Pandora's box of my childhood. Yeah, let's no, but that's the same. Like I redid my deck uh, last year, year before, the year before, whatever. Uh, and people asked, "Well, why didn't you make that a YouTube video?" And I went, "Because it was direct sunlight. Uh, you know, in very, very, <laughs> very hot days where I was like." just sweating my balls off. Uh, no one, I didn't want to put that out there. Like I, I know that we kind of edit ourselves a bit, but that's one of the things that I totally consider when doing uh, projects. I know when it's super hot, I don't want to go out in the shop. I'd rather it be, I'd rather it yeah, be minus sure. five than 35. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that I wanted to bring up, and it's kind of the resourcefulness uh, uh, that Morley was pointing to, is that I've been thinking about picking up different types of making. Um, and this is the kind of resourcefulness, but like the leather, I uh, after our our little camping trip and my uh, you know l- you know acquiring leather craft skills, uh, according to my video, uh, I. Uh, I, I bought a bunch of leather and leather working tools, but I haven't used them yet because I went, it's not time. I, I need to, I need to continue using the outdoor tools until I can't anymore. Right. Uh, not that it wasn't like, I I'm sure I could go and find uh, a leather project to do, but I just know I have some 
things I want to use my big tools on. Um, and once it gets a little colder, minus 35, if I want to do a project, I'm thinking that's going to be a nice, uh, having a little leatherworking shop in the basement is going to be a fun thing to do. For sure. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Like save it for when you mm-hmm. can't be out of the shop. Definitely. Yeah, I've I've considered been considering getting into leather work as well. Watching that uh, uh the wallet that you did, the MF oh, yeah. one, like really made me think. Like I need a new wallet. And I'm like, <laughs> I should just make one. It's funny. I actually think a wallet is not the best beginner leathercraft project um, because in the in the scheme of things, it's relatively small. Um, like people always say in woodworking, like beds are easy because everything's big and you can hide your mistakes. Well, that's like the opposite of a wallet in leatherworking. Uh, yeah. Like everything in a wallet is small, so you can see all your mistakes <laughs> very big. I actually think a good beginner leather pro- leatherworking project is more like a belt or a big notebook cover or a handbag. A belt or a notebook yeah. cover, yeah, would definitely be great. Yeah. Not a leather. Not. I'll probably be, I'll probably start off with a not a leather sheath. I'm an idiot because that's what sheaths as well. Actually, yeah, because um. Yeah, there's only a few. Parts. I feel like a sheath would be harder than a wallet. No, a sheath like you're already working around something with a sheath. That that's why that's why I think it would be harder because you're trying to make it to fit something. Whereas a wallet, you're if, trying to make it fit because money. you're you're, <laughs> you're wet molding it around the around the yeah. uh, the most of the shaping in the sheath is wet molding it around the blade. In a wallet, you're cutting and yeah. stitching things together to fit items, and then also to have that fit comfortably in your pocket. There's definitely yeah, true. more there. Yeah. Are there any other things that you guys, that you know, you won't do off season? Are there, like, I know, like, Adam, you don't really have the off season, but how about you, Morley? Is there really, like, is there other things that you're like, I just know I won't do off season? Man, I just make it work. I've, like, I've cut wood in the snow um, at night, like, I've never really let um, the weather or where I am living control what I make. <laughs> it's just a, a matter of like how bad of an experience um, is it. Yeah. I guess I kind of yeah. feel like I, I, I'm the same way because I know when it's minus 35 and I need to cut something, I still go out in the garage and cut it. Like it yeah. just happens. I just don't like it as much. And I plan accordingly. And it's one of those things that if you're planning things out, you can do it. And I think it's one of those things that's like a barrier uh, that makes it – if you're having p- trouble getting inspired to do something, if it's minus 30 out, you're, you're, you need more inspiration to do it. You need more motivation to get out there, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be super like jazzed to go do it. We're willing to like get a little frostbite on your fingers to do it, whereas – if you're just like, I'd like to go do something instead of watching TV, I'd like to do something productive. And you're just like, oh, but it's minus 30 out. It's not going to help you get out there. So I think it's one of those things like the the weather is a barrier in that way for me. Mm-hmm. It's also just cool because there are so many forms of making that you can do that in any weather. That's when I'm in university, when I got into like spoon carving, it was literally because that winter... I was like, oh, I've been doing like all this woodworking on my balcony and I'm not going to be wanting to do that when it's minus 30, 40 degrees out of Montreal. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, it was cool because I would, I would 
go for a walk in Parc Montréal, like this big, beautiful park in the middle of Montreal, and find downed branches to make spoons out of. So it was a good way to like go a little hiking, do a little bushcrafting. I ended up not getting like super into spoon carving. I think I made like four or five, and I was like, eh, not not my favorite. Cra- yeah. Not something I want to do every day in the winter. Yeah, it's it was fun, but like, I agree. It's it's a fun thing to do with like time on your hands. Yeah, why don't yeah. I car- carve a spoon? But it's not like I see these people who get like who like every day make four or five spoons. I'm like, I don't understand. It wasn't that to me. But I think that's the same like <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people. There's things that they just like really speak to them. Like I know Yeah, and that that was leather for me. Like at that point I hadn't started leatherworking yet. Mm-hmm. And then when I found leather crack, I was like, oh, this is something that I can buckle down with and spend all winter buckle. working on. It's funny actually in that since it was in the summer that I started doing it, but it was because um, I was at my parents' house and I didn't want to use their workshop to do the stuff I was doing before. Um, yeah. Well, and it's like, but yeah, like book binding too. Like there's just, there's so many things you can dive into. Yeah. And it's like the, like Vincent on, because we make talked about blacksmithing and it's like, there are people who like blacksmith for the first time. And then that is their life. And there's other people like Vincent. He goes like, I tried it. I wanted to like it. It wasn't for me. Right. And it's like, you got to find the thing that speaks to you. Yeah. Yes. And I, I feel, I feel like for me, that might be also living in a warm climate. I'm really curious to see like, if I like it or not, like I'm definitely going to do it one day, but yeah, it's, I, I kind of sense that there's a part of me that like really values the change of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't even imagine what it would be like. I've never lived in any extended period of time somewhere where there weren't like very drastically changing seasons. But yeah, being able to work outside. You know how seasons do change. Yeah, right? yeah, but just weather-wise. It's not just 40 degrees every but single like, day. Hawaii would be a place where uh, seasons don't change. Like the average yeah, like equatorial. The, the average temperature in Hawaii is 20 degrees. And when you go there, I went there for two weeks. I think it ranged from 19 to 22. Like <laughs> that, it was a yeah. beautiful, it's perfect for me. I loved it. My wife was like, this is cold. I don't understand how 20 degrees is cold, but I was like, this is perfect. This is shorts <laughs> and a t-shirt weather. Yeah. I wouldn't love to live in like a really hot equatorial climate. Um, the sort of places where like you can't, go out and do stuff in the middle of the day. Like you have to be yeah. inside in the middle of the day. It's just like, I don't know. Siesta sounds I nice. Like, it is nice, but like, I also like the freedom of being able to like do what I want. I I'm a big supporter of siestas. I think siestas make a lot of sense. And I th- it's also, there's also a reason why siestas exist in also in mostly warm mm-hmm. climates. Cause you can't do anything otherwise. So go for it. Have a nap. Yeah, and they can also. It's not also. It's also not super cold at night, so they can go out and do stuff at night. Yeah. Well, I think we've, you know, beat up the weatherman enough on this topic, and uh, <laughs> and I think. We've, yeah. Just, just quickly, could you imagine living in like Finland, where like it's just literally daylight for twenty four yeah, hours be a really day? Strange. Like that would. Be I've weird. never. I've never been that far north. Um, last summer, it it wouldn't really get dark, um, around the summer solstice until around 11 PM. And then the sun would rise between like 4.30 and 5 AM. So 
That was strange. (laughs) Like it's so easy to stay up really late when that happens. Um, Yeah. That's what I mean. Like imagine like being in Finland and that, like how would you ever sleep? Cause like, how would you, you would lose so, so much track of time. It's the same with like, there's a city in Alaska and I'm sure there's lots of cities in Canada too, but I don't know any of them that go dark for like, like there's cities that are dark now until 2021. Yeah, and then and that's the converse of that yeah, situation, right. Adam. Is wow. that and then in the their winter, it's dark for them like twenty two hours of the day, and it's actually really interesting. There, there's some really that's interesting um, articles I've read about these little communities in Scandinavia, um, especially if they're in a valley too, because even if it is sunny during the day, the sun may be blocked by mountains. So there might be parts of the year where it's bright in the sky, but they don't get any direct sunlight, and they have very interesting like. Like Mr. Burns. Um, yeah. So they cover. have like really interesting coping mechanisms. I think you see in those in those communities that there's actually a lot more um, community events and people spending time with one another because like you need to have you need to get your happiness from somewhere and if you can't get it from the weather it's like you, yeah, it's you a little keep, more yeah. like let's all buckle down together sort of thing. I think there's also a lot more drinking. Right, and yeah. I think they try and like, yeah. There's a lot of different things. Crazy. There's a lot of coping mechanisms for sure. It's mm-hmm. uh, and it's probably something that like, if we thought about it during the winter time, like the rest of Canada could probably, uh, or and the rest of the states, anywhere that the the sun goes down at four o'clock, like it does here, uh, it'd be really. You know, that's an exaggeration for all those people. Don't write us. Don't DM me and say it doesn't go down at four o'clock. The sun goes down at four. No, it goes down at four twenty. That's that's not the moment right. goes down at like seven in the, o'clock. In the anyways, if we were like, I know that depresses me. Uh, that's like the last thing I'll land on. Is like before we move to our clamp mandations, is that that the amount of sunlight that we get, especially when you work a nine to five job, makes it mm-hmm. kind of depressing. Because if I work my day, go home, home because I don't leave, I go upstairs. Have dinner, <laughs> right? It is dark by the time we finish dinner, right? Yeah. And in the summer, like that is, we're not dark till like nine or ten o'clock, so we've got lots of time after dinner to actually go and do something. And I find that to be more affecting me. Mm. It's not the cold that affects me; it's the lack of sunlight. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I hate the heat and love winter. And I also hate it when it's daylight savings because uh, someone that gets up for work at 2 a.m., yeah. it's really hard to go to sleep when the sun's still out. I know you said that was the last thing, Grant. But one also thing I want to say is that like a lot of interesting crafts, a, a lot of like traditional crafts have evolved because people were stuck inside hmm. at night in the winter when it's really dark. Um, so if that's not a source of inspiration for like take the bad weather in stride, I don't know what is. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a good. That's a good parting moment to take take us into our clamp mendations of the week, and we're going to start off with. Oh, <laughs> oh, just one more thing. Actually, I have one more thing to. <laughs> just no. kidding. Oh, you guys, you guys. <laughs> we're going to start off with me. Screw you guys. Uh, I'm gonna. I. 
I okay. That's well, not let the me list. Just go and move that uh, around. Boom. So I'm gonna start off with me. Uh, I'm gonna my in my cl- <laughs> what everyone I think should put in their clamps this week is Anne of all trades. Um, so she like uprooted her life, went from uh, Seattle down to Tennessee, built bought a farm. She already had a farm, but she bought like a bigger farm. Had a lot of big plans, and COVID really. Um, changed those plans um, and really like made it more difficult for her. Uh, And she, her last video, she talks a lot about uh, the difficulties she's kind of faced because of it. And um, I just think you guys should, everyone, if you're not already following her, I think she's the like hardest working person I've ever seen in the world. Um, And she definitely deserves to succeed. So if anyone, um, you know, could, deserves a little support right now i think it's her and i think y'all should go uh watch her she does pretty much everything um and including rate husband animal husbandry and uh you know no Did you say she's, she's an animal a yeah and her husband uh that's where it comes from yeah. just kidding <laughs> and her husband is uh adam of no trades so i think it's really funny a- no, she's awesome i haven't i haven't seen that video yet i saw it pop up yeah. um i love her llamas though yeah. they're great or they're alpacas i don't know which one yeah anyways she's she's a great positive person who mm-hmm. everyone should go follow just for one just the like positivity she puts out there and uh and two because anytime i've ever mentioned her in a comment or mentioned or commented on any of her stuff she has always replied to every single comment and not a lot of other people do that so i think it's she's a hard-working person i don't know how she could possibly do it yeah how about you morley nice uh, so this week I wanted to shout out um, an Instagram account. Uh, it's called Tao Wood at Tao Wood underscore. Um, they are a they describe themselves as a woodworker hand tool micro studio in the UK. They make a lot of carved spoons and chopsticks and other cutlery items. And I'm just really inspired by their photography style. It's super minimalist, like ultra, ultra, ultra minimalist. Um, Very neutral tone background with their things on it and just really highlighting the craftsmanship and the um, precision of their work. And they do this really cool thing with a lot of their photos where the item is like way off center, like way off on the side somewhere in the corner. And it actually works really well. and I always love when someone does something unconventional and they kind of prove that it's a good idea. Um, I, I've been, I just looked over their, their things and I, I love that. Those are like what I've been trying to do with my thumbnails, but I don't know how to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like, um, soft, I guess it would be soft, um, side lighting. It's really cool. Um, I'm always looking for interesting ways to take photos and, um, as I said before, flipping through a lot of like food magazines and stuff and yeah, they're really, really beautiful work, really beautiful photography. Go check them out. Tao Wood on Instagram linked in the show notes. What, and what about you, Adam? Nice. Well, I'm, so mine's going to be a bit of a tool this week. I mean, kind of. So for those that, um, 
do like the YouTube thing and the cameras and, and all that sort of stuff. I touched on it a bit before at the beginning, but my recommendation this week is going to be lens protectors because uh, they really saved me this this week. So if you don't have them, put them on because what's 30 bucks to save you $800 on a lens? It wasn't even do, the lens that came with lens my camera. Either, so. I do. It's it's not a clear one, so I, I only it's only on when I'm not using the camera. Ah, <laughs> oh, you need to get a clear one. Hmm. That's a lens cap. No, that's not a lens protector. Oh, yeah. I don't so, have a um, lens protector. That's a lens cap. So yeah, U UV UV filters. They they like they clear. They don't change the image at all. But yeah. And also, like, yeah, if you're working in the shop and that, like, they're great. They don't get the sawdust. You don't get sawdust all on your lens and stuff. You, if they get scratched for whatever reason, you can just replace them. No, that's 30 bucks. As the, as the Brits would good. say, that's a good shout. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Um, our F clamp level is uh, Leroy, Big Rock Timberworks. That's our top level support. And there's uh, a limited number of those. And Leroy's got one of them. And we also got a new one, another new uh, Patreon supporter this week. Uh, so I uh, thank you very much. That was a C clamp, our very first C clamp supporter. Um, so if you want to find out who that is, you got to go look at the show notes because everyone who's at the C clamp level gets their name in the show notes. Um, the other thing is there we Morley has been hard at work making uh, the key ta- keychains that uh, or key tags or luggage tags or whatever you want to call them uh, and uh, you know every single patreon member um, gets a custom leather keychain uh, and it's numbered based on when you started uh, coming to our our subscribing whatever. I don't know what the hell to call it. Patronizing. When you uh, became a patron. When you became a patron. Uh, patron. Oh, I hate that it has an E sometimes, not other times. It screws me up. So the thing I want to say is uh, if you're interested in that, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash clamp and you can find us there. And everyone, no matter what the level, spring clamp, F clamp, and uh, F clamps and C clamps, all the different levels, they get our bonus content, which includes a pre-show most times and always an after show. At this point, we would normally read reviews. Sorry? And a key tag. Yeah, I already said that. And I said it for like five minutes. He just described it for like two minutes. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I you did. described it, but you didn't I say did. that every level yeah, gets was. one. I definitely did. Oh, you guys. Uh <laughs> So, anyways, <laughs> uh, at this point, we normally talk about the people reviewing our clamps, which is where Morley gets to practice his voice impressions. But uh, we don't have one this week, so we're going to th- move on and thank. Uh, so, if anyone wants to write a review, we love reviews. We don't care what level they are, five-star, one-star, two-star, three-star, four-star, whatever the amount of stars you want to give us. We love all the stars. Uh, give us some stars. Write a review and say what uh, either what part of the country or world you are in, and uh, or just make up a, a fun accent for Morley to try and read. I want to thank TF Turning for the use of our theme song. It's what plays at the start and apparently at the end. I don't know. Uh, Adam does the editing, and I always 
I, I don't know wow. what happens. I record a I do this voice More. part and I do other parts. Any other business? Nada. Well, Molly also sings the uh sings, Oh sings yes, the yeah, that definitely happens. I give TF Turner a run for his money. So if you want to hear that, you have to become a yeah. If you want to hear that, you have to become a Patreon. Patron. Patreon. I don't know why you guys struggle with this so much. It's like you patronize something. Patron. You are a patron. Pa- 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 Patreon a- is the company and patron is the people. In case you didn't know, TF Turning actually know. has a YouTube channel and an Instagram, and you should go check them out. Yeah. We yeah, always, we link it in the show notes, we but we, this, we don't always say it. I mean, do we? Yeah, Molly doesn't yeah. show notes, Steve. And we, in case anyone was wondering, last yeah, thing any other business is that if you heard baby noises, those were those. Yeah, those. <laughs> I just realized those. If you heard them throughout the thing, they were. It was a, definitely a ghost. There was ghost babies yeah. everywhere. But uh, no, Adam yeah. uh, was uh, dealing with his baby throughout this podcast, and that's how much of a professional we are. We'll do it regardless of how much baby action is happening. I don't know. Baby action. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. When, yeah, uh, that, once that words leave wrong, my mouth, okay. they don't make any sense. So, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. If you want to go on Patreon and subscribe, great. If you don't want to do that, just share the show. Uh, I'd really appreciate, uh, you know, if you hit that little share button. If you ever want to share it on uh, Instagram, just tag someone in our post. And they'll see it, and they can get to us from there. Um, so, y'all can find us. You can find Morley at Morley Kurt everywhere, including TikTok. You can find Adam at Maker Macker everywhere, but not TikTok, and probably not Twitter, and sometimes Facebook, but probably not. Um, and you can find me at the Grand Alexander, including on Patreon, even though nobody subscribes to me there. Uh, and you can find us all collectively. <laughs> at the Clampcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So thank you all. Mon- Bye. Minus the ghost. Baby. Bye. <laughs>